0: Hi, friend, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I am no expert, I have been through it, and so now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's talk about it. Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Grab Your Light, the podcast. If you are a repeat listener, then welcome back. And thank you so much for your loyalty and your camaraderie and your support. And if this is your first time tuning in, then welcome, welcome, welcome to my tiny corner of the podcast universe. I hope that you love it here, and I hope that this is useful and that you will kind of join the grab your light journey. So last month, I started the topic of the legalities that come with getting divorced. And so in last episode, we discussed getting served with divorce papers. In this episode, I'm going to talk about court visits now, I do want to share an important disclaimer that really no two divorces are alike. So court visits that I had, you may not have. Uh, things that I needed to litigate, you may not need to litigate. Things that are peaceful for me may not be peaceful for you. Things that you could submit via papers, you know, maybe I needed to go in person. So please do not think that just because I had four four court visits that you will have four court visits, or because my court visits went a certain way that yours will go the same way. I detail these visits not so that you can mimic them. I detail them so you have just a general heads up of the process, what could happen, if it does happen, what to expect. And then at the end, I will give more generic tips for just going to court in general. Uh, And you may be one of the lucky few who doesn't have to do that at all. So then you can just wait for next episode to come out. Okay, enough disclaimer. Let's dive in because this may be a little bit of a lengthy episode. So the very first time I went to court, I went for the purpose of filing my response to his petition for dissolution of marriage. So when I was served with divorce papers, when people say they were served with divorce papers, what that means is someone petitioned the court to dissolve the marriage. So the official form will say a petition for dissolution of marriage. And so what you have to do as the person being served is you have to respond to that petition. You have to tell the court, Yes, I agree with this. No, I don't agree with this. Sure, I agree with this, but I have conditions. So that is what it's meant by filing a response. So I went to the court after being served with his petition. Remember, after I was served, I went to see the dates. So that original petition is going to tell you when you need to respond by. So after being served with the petition, I went through each and every page. I made a note of what he was asking for in his petition for dissolution. Uh, That included things like child custody, visitation, child support, spousal support, and asset distribution. Those are the key things. If you have children, you're looking at custody and visitation and child support. Regardless of whether you have children, you're looking at spousal support and your assets so in my papers in my response i responded to each and every one of his requests carefully and clearly i then took off from work and made my way to the courthouse i had no idea what to expect because there was no podcast episode telling me what to expect So I called my mom on the drive so I could be both a little distracted, but also a little comforted. I arrived at the courthouse. I parked my car and I walked the lonely path to the courthouse's security line. You know, thankfully, I wasn't carrying anything suspicious, so I easily made my way through and I made a left toward the filing office. For those who live in LA, I got divorced at the Torrance Courthouse. So the filing office is to your left when you enter. Hopefully that's helpful to at least one of you. Once I made it to the filing office, I presented my papers and I was all prepared to get them stamped and to be done. Except, except because (laughs) there's no way this is gonna go perfectly smoothly, right? I was completely unaware that someone had to pay for this divorce. The papers, the manpower, the time, whatever else. Generally, the person initiating the action pays for it. So that would be my ex-husband. But since he had recently been laid off at the time that he filed for divorce, he was able to obtain a fee waiver, excusing him from paying anything. Can we just think about that for a second, you guys? Okay. Like what a crappy turn of events. I'm not even the one who wanted to get divorced yet. I had to pay for the divorce. I was angry about that one for a long time. <laughs> uh, while I was employed, I had only recently started working. And so I was attempting to catch up on all of my bills. I could not afford that $450 fee. Okay. I asked for a fee waiver I completed it and I was told that because I was employed and making above the poverty guideline that my fee waiver would have to be approved by a judge. (sighs) Yeah. So I made my way up a few floors and I waited in this stale courtroom for a judge to give me that approval. I rehearsed in my mind what I would say when he asked me why I needed it. But I never got the opportunity to say my rehearsed speech at some point between cases the bailiff had handed the judge my fee waiver and the judge had declined it just like that without even talking to me or hearing me out or letting me pop out my tears okay because at that time I was still crying a lot without even any consideration it was done so I took my papers back from the bailiff and I shuffled back to the elevator And I tried, you guys, I tried really hard to keep it together, but I just cried and cried in that elevator and I wasn't alone. (laughs) There were lots of other people in there. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that he had the nerve to divorce me, yet I had to pay for it. That's all I kept thinking. And so my tears of sorrow turned into my tears of outrage, but God sent me a little angel There was a lawyer who I worked for during law school in the elevator with me. She recognized me. She asked what I was doing there. And she laid a gentle hand on my shoulder as I cried. She gave me her card and she told me to call her for the next steps. And I felt a little comforted after that. So I got myself together. I went back to the filing office and the line was now wrapped around. When I went the first time, there was nobody in it. I just breezed right in. So that meant I had even longer to wait. And with waiting comes thinking and with thinking comes crying. Eventually, it was my turn at the window. And I remember the clerk telling me, that'll be $456. Is that okay? (laughs) And I responded, of course, that's not okay. But do I really have another option? She told me to go ahead and swipe my card and I don't think I could have swiped it any slower if I tried. That $456 felt like $4,560. It was literally killing me. But I paid the filing fee, I submitted my papers, and I left the building. And while every minute of that experience was difficult, it was done. Step one was done. I had Responded to the petition saying, fine, I'll get divorced, but this is what I need. Okay. So now we'll go to the second time I went to court. The second time was for the purpose of attending child custody and visitation mediation. So since my ex had indicated in his petition that we had a child while married and he had requested certain custody rights, the court referred us to their mediator. This is pretty standard practice. If you have children while you were married in the state of California, they will send you to mediation. And this is a good thing. Do not think of it as a bad thing, as a hurdle, as any indication of what's to come. This is a really good thing. Um, So it was pretty soon after I filed my response that mediation, While having been to the courthouse before to file my response, the first time jitters were all gone. But I was still really, really anxious about the idea of meeting with the mediator and creating a visitation schedule. It felt very overwhelming. When I arrived at the courthouse, I immediately spotted my ex sitting on a bench, looking out the window as sad as possible. It was just... It was such a a true picture of how sad an event it was. We didn't say very much to each other. The feelings about our divorce were still very fresh and the nervousness we both were feeling had us emotionally preoccupied. I just don't think we had it in us to comfort the other as much as we may have wanted to. A few minutes later, the mediator called us into her office. We sat down perpendicular to one another And the mediator explained that her goal was to get us to come to a visitation schedule that would work for both of us as well as meet our daughter's needs. She was so kind. She was very patient and she was super knowledgeable. She went through what a normal week would be like for us and our two-year-old. And then we went through each and every holiday in excruciating detail. It was both tedious because there's a lot of holidays, you guys. You don't think about it. We just think about Christmas, New Year's. I don't know their birthdays, but it's a lot of holidays. And it was very complex because there are a lot of things to consider. Odd years, even years, their age, the time of day, pickup, drop off, location, etc. So we took turns crying. I'd cry whenever he mentioned overnight visits, and he would cry whenever I'd attempt to decline one of his requests. Just the very thought of no longer spending each and every day with our daughter the way we would if we were married was undoubtedly the hardest realization of that mediation. But in the end, the mediator thought our agreement was fair and reasonable and would submit it to the court for approval. This, I think, this mediation will be one of the hardest visits. It is helpful, it is good. But like I said, that realization that there will be hours or days or nights where you are not with your child, which means there are things your child will experience where you won't be there. You're going to be missing those parts of their life. And that is what that mediation really brings home And that I think is what can be so difficult to accept, you know. Okay, so we got through that second visit. Let's move now to the third visit. So the third time I went to court, it was for the purpose of getting the custody and visitation agreement approved by the judge. So remember, the mediator just helps us to come to an agreement amongst ourselves that agreement then has to be approved by the court it has to be approved for fairness for you know the child's well-being just to make sure no parent is losing out that the child's not losing out so shortly after our mediation we got a notice in the mail of a court date for approval of our custody and visitation agreement i was a little less nervous that day but i was still unsure of what to expect I made my way to the courthouse and into the designated courtroom where I found my ex inside. Side note, he's always everywhere first. He's a very punctual person. I tend to be a very late person. So when all these, not very late, let me fix that. I tend to be five to 10 minutes late everywhere. So in all these stories, he's going to arrive first. Anyways, we told the bailiff who we were and why we were there. And we watched as several other couples got before the judge And they pled their cases for divorce. Having been to law school, I found that part pretty interesting. But it also made me a little nervous because I wasn't sure if we would need to get up there and plead our cases. And I could tell that my ex was wondering the same thing. So we waited and we waited and we waited some more. And finally, our names were called. We stood up and approached the bailiff and the court clerk they handed us a large manila envelope gave us a few other instructions and told us we were free to go so we didn't have to plead anything we didn't have to argue a case we didn't have to stand up and air all of our business to a courtroom full of people it was done we left the courtroom we opened the envelope and we saw that our custody and visitation agreement had been approved While we weren't excited about having to split the time, we were super relieved that another step in the process was done and done well, right? So there we go. Ava, our daughter, is all squared away. Now the only thing left is to get divorced. (laughs) The fun part, right? And so that was the very last time I went to court. It was for the purpose of submitting our marital settlement agreement now this is one of those instances where my divorce may vary greatly from your divorce i won't get too bogged down with the details simply because i don't want this to be misconstrued as legal advice and the more i get into the nitty-gritty the more it will come across that way so remember If you have questions, if you and your ex are not seeing eye to eye, your best bet is to go see a lawyer. Um, And honestly, you should just go get a consultation regardless, because then they'll be able to tell you if having a lawyer is your best bet. So disclaimer, I am not giving legal advice right now. So if you'll recall, my ex filed papers first and they had a few errors in them. So, as a result, when I filed my response correcting those errors, it had the effect of making our marriage contested. Um, an uncontested divorce is one where John says, I want to divorce Jane, and Jane is like, Cool, I want to divorce John, and John is like, Give me the car, and Jane was like, Cool, give me the house, and they were like, Done. That's very straightforward, uncontested divorce. Ours was contested because what I set out in my papers differed from what my ex set out in his papers. So according to the law, we were at odds, okay? But that's just on the paper. When he and I talked, we were actually in agreement on most of the aspects of our divorce. So to avoid having to go before a judge to argue our case, We, with the help of one of my law school friends, drafted a marital settlement agreement. This agreement is kind of like a little proposal to the court saying like, hey, we've talked and this is what we would like to do. John is going to take the car. Jane is going to take the house. We're going to share Jimmy on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. And we are both in agreement with this. And so that's what we did. It took a couple weeks. I did it myself, like I said, with the help of a friend. And we went through each and every item. Since custody and mediation had already been approved, the settlement didn't need to address that. It could reiterate it, but it did not need to hash that out. So really, the settlement agreement was about spousal support and asset distribution. So... We addressed each and every aspect of our divorce, who was getting what, when, how, and why. We each signed it, had it notarized, and I filed it with the court. Having been my fourth visit to the courthouse, the visit being to file that marital settlement agreement, I breezed into that courthouse like a professional, okay? I knew exactly where I was going, how long it was going to take, where to park, the whole nine I wasn't nervous i didn't need any help and i didn't cry i filed our papers and i was out of there in like 30 minutes and that was the last and final visit i have ever made to the torrance courthouse and for my divorce yours may look like that yours may have less visits yours may have more visits Your visits may be longer, your visits may be more involved. It's really hard to say, but I do hope that me telling you about my visits gives you just a little idea of what it could be like and also takes some of the stigma and some of the fear out of it. Because as you'll note, before each one, I was super nervous, but then when I went, it was fairly straightforward and uninvolved. Like, I never really had to talk much to a judge like you do on TV. So, take heart in knowing it may not be as daunting logistically as you think. Now, emotionally, oh, yeah, it's every bit as daunting as you expect it's going to be. Which is why I have a couple tips for you to help you prepare because if all of the environmental things are prepared for, then it allows you, I think, to give better space to the emotional things. So tip number one, bring a friend or family member. If you have someone in your life who is kind of like your go-to person or your source of comfort, or they hold space really well, or maybe they're even really great at being a distraction and they have the time, I would take them. For me, Because I did not know what to expect at these visits, I didn't know how long they would be. I didn't physically bring someone with me. But during each visit, I was on the phone with my mom or a friend, and they were comforting me during it. So make sure you rely on a friend or family member during this time. You don't want to try to do this alone. Tip number two, which I think I also mentioned in last episode, keep all of your divorce documents in a file folder or binder you want to keep every single document you get relating to your divorce from any entity but especially your ex and the court you want to keep them all together in one easily accessible place i put mine into a file folder like a little accordion one from staples number three bring that file folder or binder with you to each court visit. You never know what the court clerk is gonna ask you for. You never know what the filing office is gonna ask you for, and you would hate to delay things or look unprepared, give a bad impression, or have to return because you forgot one document. Trust me, it happens. I think when I went to file mine, they wanted something else. And I was just like, oh, wait, hold on. I got my little file folder and I pulled it out. So bring that file folder with you to every single court visit, mediation, any appointment you have that relates to your divorce. Tip number four is a very easy logistic one. Map out parking ahead of time. Again, what we want to do is control the environmental things so that we can have We can be fully present for the emotional things. So if you already know that parking is underground and costs $5 an hour, bam, you have your your dollars and, you know, if you know that parking is behind the courthouse and it's free. Perfect. If you know parkings down the street, you know, to get there a little early, map out all the logistics of the location. Okay, and if you're like me and you tend to run five minutes late, this is especially helpful to know. Tip number five, dress for success. Remember, one or two of these visits, I thought I was just going to the filing office and I ended up in a courtroom. Right. And while I didn't have to speak to the judge, what if I did? You would hate to be there in leggings and a T-shirt or a crop top and shorts. You know, no disrespect to leggings and crop tops. But when you're going and you are trying to convince someone to give you what you know you deserve, to give you what you are worth, you need to embody that. So it doesn't have to be a suit, but just make sure you look nice. Make sure, you know, you're well-groomed from head to toe, that you are presenting well. Okay. The next tip is to treat yourself after each court visit. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that for me, that usually means food. I'm gonna treat myself to a nice meal. I'm gonna treat myself to a nice dessert. That's my thing. So after each court visit, I would treat myself. I would be thinking, what am I gonna eat today after this? And usually my visits were in the morning, so this would be lunch. So maybe for you, it's I'm gonna go take a walk on the beach. Maybe for you, it's I'm going to do yoga. Maybe it's any variety of self-care things, but make sure you have something that you can do that helps center you, that helps relax you, that helps you decompress. And then my last tip is to give yourself a nice block of time. So you don't want to just like do a mad dash from work and say like, oh, I'll be back in an hour. A, you don't know how long the visit's going to take. As I mentioned, some of them, I thought I was just going to the filing office. I ended up several floors up in the courtroom, then I ended up back down at the filing office. So you have no idea how long this is going to take. B, as I mentioned, you need to make space afterwards to decompress. You don't want to just run right back to the office. My very first visit, I thought I was going to do that. I said, oh, I have to go to court. I'll be back in two hours. I ended up calling saying, yeah, I won't be back in at all today. (laughs) That was harder than I thought. And I I need a personal, I need some personal time. So if you think it's going to be 30 minutes, block off maybe three hours. You know, you just, you want to give yourself enough time to complete the visit, but also to decompress afterwards and then perhaps you even have loose ends you need to wrap up after the visit, you wanna create time for that too. So block off a nice chunk of time for your visits. And so that is it really, Um, I hope that this was helpful. If you have more detailed questions or specific questions about maybe what was in my response or what was in my marital settlement agreement, I would be happy to discuss that kind of one-on-one. I didn't want to throw all that here openly, publicly, because A, it is kind of personal information, but B, I really don't want you, the listener, to hear this and think this is something to be kind of carbon copied. But if you want to kind of run your ideas past me or tell me what you're thinking, I would love to give my feedback. And some of you have already done that. And I hope my feedback was helpful. So thank you so much for listening to an episode of Grab Your Light, the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram so we can become friends. Have a great day, week, and month. And I hope you'll tune in next week for the next part. Bye.